Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Riverside, Iowa with Lynn Thomas of Barnstorm Coffee. Lynn is a self-taught barista with a mobile coffee shop where she does pop-ups and events all over the Midwest. She loves collaborating with other small local businesses and has become a favorite everywhere she goes. She's dishing on how she learned the coffee business and built her brand and the great people who have helped her along the way. So here we go with Lynn Thomas. Well, we are here today in Riverside, Iowa with Lynn Thomas of Barnstorm Coffee. Hello. Thanks. And welcome to Riverside. Thank you so much. I love Riverside. I ha- I stop here on my travels sometimes, and I think it's the cutest town. Yeah, it's a very nice little town, that's for sure. Yes. Well, tell us about you and your journey kind of leading up to this point. So I am a native Iowan. I grew up in far eastern Iowa, and I'm a farm girl. And um, my dad was hogs and then um, corn and soybeans. So I spent most of my life in Iowa and then met my husband. And then we did have a stint over in Illinois for about probably 10, 12 years. And then through some different things that were happening over in Illinois, we just kind of felt like it was maybe a good time to get out and come back home for me to Iowa. Um, And it just, I found a job in Iowa City, which is kind of how we ended up landing here in Riverside, because we didn't want to live in Iowa City proper. And we both wanted a little bit of land. And so that's how we ended up down here in Riverside. And we've been here almost four years now. It's beautiful out here. Yeah. We have a great place. Yeah, we do. A couple acres. So get to see all the wildlife and all the birds and all those kind of things. So um, yeah, so we've been here for a little while and just enjoying life in the country. Great. Yeah. Well, when did the idea for Barnstorm Coffee come into the picture? In the back of my mind, I'd always wanted to have something of my own, but it just really timing wise was never right. And it was kind of hard and I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And then I started to look at the market and what was going on with pop-up markets or um, festivals, craft fairs, and that kind of thing. And I was like, well, what don't they have? And I love coffee. Um, and I felt like that was a really good avenue that would be offered to those types of places that they just don't have when these have those kind of venues. So it was probably January of 2018. We're sitting having dinner. And I'd been trying to get the courage to tell him, like, I have this idea. And so if I'm like, just say it, just get it out. So I said, Jack, I've got this idea. And he kind of at first rolled his eyes and he was like, okay, you know, hit me with it. And I said, I want to start a traveling coffee business. And he sat for a second and he went, well, I think you should do it. I think you'd be great. So that's where it all started. Um, and then it kind of just percolated for a while because I had no name. Um, and I really felt like I wanted to get the name right, and I would literally be driving around in my car, and I would scribble names down on a piece of paper, and then I would come back to them, and I'd be like, that's really weird. And then it would come off the list, and I just kept working at it that way. And then um, I'm like, Barnstorm. 
Like, that's really cool because barnstorm actually means to tour or travel from place to place, making brief stops. And it used to, it's, it came from the terminology of like old acting troops, like back in the 20s and 30s. That's what they did. They'd pop in, do their show, pop back out. And I'm like, it fit so well. So that's where the name actually came from. And then I found a really great designer that helped me work on the logo, the lettering, all that kind of stuff. And then it all started to come together. And then that spring, we went to the big restaurant show in Chicago, and we were able to look at all the different machinery, because the challenge was going to be figuring out something that I could use that would lend itself to traveling and not being in a permanent place and plumbed into water and all those things. And so through that research, um, found the equipment that I wanted to use, and the gentleman was nice enough to say, well, you need to find yourself somebody who's a, you know, a representative of the company, because... I'm not going to sell them directly to you. So I said, well, I don't, I don't know anybody in this business. And I said, can you give me a list? And so he gave me a list, and I did a bunch of research and um, narrowed it down to a company of all places in Ames, Iowa, reached out to them, had a meeting, and it just felt right. Um, and I think part of it felt right because their logo is actually a windmill, and there is a windmill in my logo. So I felt like it was just a really nice fit. Um, so after I had done that, it was November of 2018 that we went and made the big purchase. And then I spent some time, um, it's actually Windmill Coffee Roasters out of Ames, spent some time with those guys and they did the training and um, brought the machine home and set it on the counter and probably stared at it for a good hour. And I was just terrified to turn <laughs> it on. I thought, I don't know what I thought if it was going to blow up or something, but um, yeah, so did a lot of it just through the research and taking my time and figuring out what I wanted to do and finding a good supplier and that kind of thing. And then just a lot of it is practicing and turning the machine on and making mistakes and learning from those mistakes. And so, yeah, so all told, it was probably about a year-long process. And then December of 2018, somebody reached out through Instagram and I did my first pop-up ever, and I was kind of hemming and hawing. I was going back and forth. I'm like, no, I really wasn't going to start until January of 2019. And a couple of my friends said, at some point in time, you have to start. And so I'm like, that's, that's very true. So it was December of 2018 that I did my first ever pop-up. It was the Maker's Loft in Iowa City. So good. Yeah. So were your friends your taste testers? No, my poor husband was my taste tester through a lot of it. And then I did a lot of it too. And that's, I think, the hardest part about doing coffee or like learning coffee because you're tasting a lot of it. And after a while, you're just to the point where you're like, I can't drink another latte. I can't drink another shot of coffee. <laughs> like I'm just done. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of your own taste testing. I'm so proud of you learning all that on your own. That <laughs> is impressive. Yeah, I was, um, I always tell people, Sometimes when you don't know what you don't know, it's almost better because I went into it a little bit blind. I didn't have expectations about what I thought it should be. Um, and it's just, you go into it very open-minded. Yeah. So yeah, it's been great. And I always tell people, I was never a barista. I never worked in a coffee shop. They're like, really? I'm like, no, I've just learned it all by doing it and learning from my mistakes and having crazy things happen. And Every, that's probably the biggest challenge of doing it is every place I set up is different. So there's different logistics, there's different electricity. So that's the learning curve that kind of comes with it too. So 
So what made you decide mobile shop versus like brick and mortar? The mobile part of it just intrigued me because I like the idea of being able to go to places that don't maybe necessarily have a good coffee shop to go to in their town or supporting another brick and mortar that says, hey, I've got, you know, a cute store. Can you come and pop in for a few hours? So it just brings a different element for them for the day as well. Helps them support their business, helps me support my business and continue to sort of get my business out there, if you will. Um, Because really the idea behind what I'm doing as well is, you know, yes, I wanted to start a business, but I really wanted to support other Iowans or other Midwesterners through purchasing my beans, through purchasing my machinery, whatever it might be, but just to sort of pay it forward to those people as well. Because, you know, running a business, a small business especially, is hard. So if I could support others in my journey, that was my goal as well. Yeah, it's so fun to collaborate. And it is. it's such a unique idea. Did you know of anyone else doing anything like that? There were, um, there's a few that are out there, not exactly like what I'm doing. Um, but there's the gentleman that owns 392 Cafe, which is in Clinton, Iowa. And then there's another one in the Quad Cities. I um, reached out to him and I said, I've got this idea. Can I come talk to you? And the thing that I've learned, I think, through this journey as well is people are so generous with their time and they really want to help you succeed. And he pointed me in the right direction and he's been a great mentor. Um, In fact, my guy that fixes my machines, one of them is through his shop as well. Um, So it's just been such a fun collaborative journey with all of these different people, but it was just, I liked the idea of being able to be, be somewhere different every single time and meet different people from different towns. Yeah. It's so fun. It is. It's really fun. Yeah. So you have this big, heavy Mm -hmm. machine. Yes. How did you go about (laughs) figuring that out? Cause that to me would be maybe one of the trickiest parts is how do we transport it? Um, so it's on a little pallet. And that's probably the challenge is it's up and down the stairs because we store everything in the basement. And so just we both laugh at each other every time we have to take it out. But it's right now it was going into my wrap. So everything was very strategically stacked, loaded and all that kind of stuff. So I would say Jack's my heavy lifter on the on the back end. And then I always tell people on, you know, when I'm arriving that I need somebody to help me get that out of the car because it's just enough that I can't do it on my own because it weighs about 70 pounds. So. And it's big. It's big. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it essentially is like traveling with a little miniature coffee shop. I love <laughs> every, it. Every time. Uh, that, yeah. You packing it into the RAV is impressive. I got to yeah. witness that. <laughs> yes. It's, it is quite the feat to do that. But you just now bought a truck. We so did. So that's awesome. Yeah. So we're very excited. We took some, again, took some time when we're trying to find one that was used, but used vans, commercial vans are hard to find that are in relatively good shape. So was able to support local again, found a great guy up in Iowa City and bought a new little tradesman van. So now I actually have some place that I can load all my stuff into and hopefully leave some of the stuff in there and not have to unload it all the time. So we have to figure out how to, again, strategically load everything because it's basically you have a driver's seat and a passenger seat and then an entire big back area. So we've got to sort of logistically figure out again, like where does everything go and how do we best protect the machine? Because while it's made sort of to do what it's doing, it's still a lot of wear and tear in it to take it in and out of the car and then all the road, you know, road vibrations and all that kind of stuff that Mm -hmm. goes with it. So, yeah. 
your setup, you created it with a really great look. Yes. And I think it's very, I don't know, just on point for what you're doing. So did you put a lot of thought into that? Did you kind of have it in your head how you wanted that to go? I knew with initially having to do the pop-ups, I had to figure out a table that would be sturdy enough to handle the machinery and the wear and tear. So it was actually an industrial parts moving table, and that's the other hard part about doing this sometimes because that table itself weighs 100 pounds, but it's like a heavy-duty like metal table. And then um, I found a guy, I think he popped into my Instagram feed, that does old-school banners, like the wool banners that are hand, you know, he stitches everything on. And so that was really intentional as well because I wanted that to feel kind of like old school in a way and Mm -hmm. I feel like it does but yet it still lends itself well to being really mobile because it's a small footprint it's like 30 30 wide by 60 long um but yeah it was just that whole sort of feel that I was looking for and then if you look at my logo itself the name of the lettering is heavy equipment which I thought well that fits really perfectly (laughs) I love that um and it just Every time my designer was Mariah Danielson of Wander Design Company, and I tell her every time I do something, whether it's a coffee cup or my logo, like I get a little bit giddy every time I see that logo on something else because it's just, I love it. I think it's really, really cool. Um, And I think for like the windmill barn thing on there, that pays so much respect to where my roots are because when you come over the hill on the farm I grew up on that's the first thing you saw was the the barn and the windmill so a lot of it kind of ties together with my childhood with where I came from with where I want to go so yeah there was a lot of intention behind what the setup looks like I wanted it to be really cool and really fun it's very well done. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice to hear that because you think in your own head, like, what's this going to look like? And when it all came together, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So once you started doing your first show, mm-hmm. we'll call it that. Yeah. What What happened after that? Did it just kind of have a snowball effect or? Um, it's. I would say I have had a slow sustained growth. It's not been crazy because this is sort of my fun side gig that I do. And I try to leave some weekends just free or open because it's, you know, if you're working Monday through Friday and you're popping up on Saturday and then you have all the cleanup to do when you get home, sort of need a day of rest every now and again. Yeah. Um, But it's been um, probably like every other weekend. I usually have something going on. And it's now, really after I hit that first year, I'm getting a lot more traction now. And I think because my name is getting out there a little bit more and people are like, oh, that's a really cool concept. Um, When I originally started, I thought it was going to be more like weddings and showers and things along those lines. And it really was more of the pop-up that really is what helped it to take off. But I did my first wedding in December and it was so much fun. I want to do more of those. So I'm really trying to, as I look into 2020, that's kind of where I'm trying to find more of a foothold because I think it's just such a unique thing to add to your wedding um I was worried because the bar was across the venue from me and I'm like who's gonna drink coffee at a wedding but it was just I was busy nonstop. I did close to 100 people in two hours and that's a lot of espressos to pull so wow it was it was fun and then it was also a learning experience because 
I looked to the side of my machine and there's water dripping out of it. And I was like, okay, that's a new one. That's not a good sign. And kind of limped my way through the rest of the event. But it's just, again, it goes back to the, it's been used a lot. It's a year old and it's wear and tear. And it's, you know, these machines heat up extremely warm and then you cool them all the way down. So it was just a, a piece that cracked. And so another learning experience in the journey of Barnstorm. But I've just, some of the craziest things have happened, you know, like exploding milk cartons. Oh and we had three gallons of cold brew tip over in the back of our vehicle and didn't know. So we had literally cold brew everywhere. So there's, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is not without its trials. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> yes. So tell us about a few. You've done so many fun, cool things, but just give us a snapshot of a few of your favorites that stand out to you or just ones. I don't want to say favorites because I don't want yeah, people to. Yeah, that's like picking my favorite child because they all, all the places I popped up have just such a special place, almost like in my heart because um, a couple of people, one of my friends over in Geneseo, she owns a store called Miva and she's like, come on over, come and set up. And this was, that was actually my second one that I did. And I think, Again, it goes back to that generosity of people that will open up their store to you when you're completely an unknown entity. Um, but that was really fun. Um, that was challenging because it was in the middle of a snowstorm. But we made it work. Um, the other one, one of my favorites is um, the Good Makers Market in Tipton just because Jess and her crew run a great show. But that one... Um, my daughter came home to help me, and I'm so thankful for that because I was, if I was working alone, I don't think I could have handled it because that was my, still to date, my biggest show. And it was just, it made me realize I can do this. I actually can do this. I didn't completely freak out when I saw this just constant line of people. And it was funny, we were set up in a bar um, inside one of the venues, and um, I would look and there would just be like six or seven cups constantly lined up. And I was just like, I need a potty break. Like, how do I even go? <laughs> you know, it's like the simple yeah. things in life. Like when you're thinking about like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do now? But um, I think that just really was that confidence booster that I needed to make me realize I can do this. Um, and then another one that's just very close to my heart is Camp Climb because that really that's where the journey truly began because I really wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do at that point in time. And when I went to Cam Climb, that was when I had my name, but really nothing else. And it kind of solidified, like there's a great community of people out there that want to support you. And um, my camp counselor, which always just makes me laugh that I get to say that at my age, she and I were having a conversation the last day. And I said, I'm just, I'm so afraid. Like I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. And she's like, if you're afraid, that means you're doing like big things and you just have to do it. You just got to push through the fear. She goes, this is such a great idea. And she goes, you'll look back in a year and think, what was I so afraid of? So that was kind of like that catalyst, the two that finally got me going. Um, and I've gotten to go back to that last year after, you know, kind of having just been a camper and not even having a business and then to be, you know, sort of the camp barista, if you will, that was like a really cool homecoming. Um, so I love that. And it's just, it's a really neat venue out there. It's just beautiful. Um, Copper Fox in Tipton is another one. I mean, I probably could go on and then um, the Here and Gone Mercantile that we did last October, 
that truly it was another one that I loved because we took this abandoned building in a downtown area and I can't take credit for the idea. I just got roped in and I said, do you have have those people that ask you, hey, do you wanna do this? And you really don't even know what the idea is, but the person who asks, you're like, yeah, I'll do anything with you. So Paige from No Roots Boots roped me into that one and it was just such a fun show. And it just, the people from the town were like, we haven't seen people in this building and this many people in this town in years. And it just was such a fun, unique event because everybody brought a little bit of something different to the party. And it truly is going to only be maybe once or twice a year. I, I know there's some things in the works, but I don't know when they'll actually take place. But it's another good one. So fun. I know. You get to do so many fun things. <laughs> I know. So do you feel like your business has grown mostly through word of mouth? Because you, you're out there and people see it and then they're like, oh, I want you to come here. Yeah, and I do think it's been a combination of word of mouth. And I do think it's been people finding me or tagging me, like nice enough to tag me. Hey, there's this event coming up. Does anybody know? And then they'll tag Barnstorm Coffee Company. So I think people have found me through that. Um, you know, social media for all the bad raps it gets, it really, it's been a good thing for yeah. me too. But I think it's been a combination of just the word of mouth thing too. Yeah. For right. sure. So you're a little over a year into this. Mm -hmm. What has surprised you most about this business? Um, how complicated espresso beverages actually can be. Um, you know, you go and you kind of sort of watch people do it, but it's just I have a scale and people are like, well, what's that for? I said, well, I weigh my shot like I dial it in before I pull a shot and want to make sure it's the right amount. So it's like this, a certain specific temperature of water, a certain specific number of grams. So it just, the science behind it kind of blew my mind. And then um, I think for me, I got a little bit wrapped up in that because if I wasn't doing things exact, I thought I was doing it wrong. And another um, really great person that I've gotten to know through the coffee business, they um, actually own Dash. She was nice enough to say, it's okay if you're in a range, it's gonna have some variability. And I was like, oh, Okay. So again, I think it goes back to, I was shocked that people share the information that they do. Like they don't hold it close to the vest. Like they really do want you to succeed. And these are people that own coffee shops. Um, so I think that's been surprising, but it's just how supportive people have been and how receptive they've been to this idea. Um, and if they can't come out to events, they'll message me or they'll say, hey, she's going to be here. You guys need to go see her. And the community that I've met through this has just been amazing and such a blessing. What advice would you have for somebody who was like you were at Camp Climb and you're like, I have this idea. I feel like I really want to do it. My husband's even on board, and, right. you know, but it's hard to pull the trigger. It is. Um, I always go back to if you have this idea that you keep coming back to, that it just won't let you go, there's a reason for that. And I think some people are like, well, you know, they've done that before, or there's a thousand coffee shops, or there's a thousand other stores, but you have to realize it's your own unique take on something. And while maybe other people use the same type of equipment, I think it's just the combination of how things come together for me. It's very unique. And I don't think my, my beverages taste 
like anybody else's. I really do think they're really, really good. They are. They are. I agree. (laughs) Um, But I think if it's there, um, you just have to push through that fear. And somebody said, what's the worst that'll happen if it doesn't do what you think it's going to do? You've got a really great espresso machine. I said, oh, yeah, that's very true. (laughs) So um, I don't look at a lot of it as failures. A lot of them are just learning experiences and you just have to keep picking up and moving forward because like I said every time I've set up there's been some kind of logistical challenge you know back to the one we did um for the mercant the here and gone mercantile we kept I kept popping the fuses so we actually had to run electrical cords all over that building and separate my equipment out but again it's just I kind of sort of answered your question in a really roundabout way, but um, I think you just have to do it. You're going to be scared. I was petrified the first time when I did my first show, um, but I think each one gives you more confidence, and you've got so many people in your corner that want to see you succeed and that will help you if you don't understand something or say, hey, come and work with me. A really good friend of mine owns a coffee shop. And I said, can I just come watch you for a day and do your thing? And that was extremely helpful. And so I think that's the important thing to remember, too, is there's a lot of people out there that want to see you succeed. So you just got to do it. I agree. Totally. Well, as you mentioned, this is actually a side hustle for you. It is. Uh, and I don't see how you do it all, but <laughs> how do you make time for this and for your full-time job and family and, and fun? Um, well, luckily this is fun. So that kind of fits that bill as well. That's, I think for me, as the business has grown, that's been my struggle is, um, especially this last probably couple months, just finding that balance between feeling like I'm sort of just halfway there with everything. Um, So I think as I move into 2020, that's what I'm honestly trying to figure out. Um, And I think a lot of entrepreneurs find the same thing. It's like trying to find that balance. And I don't know that there is balance. You know, it's just, it's, it is hard. But when you find something that you're passionate about, that you really like doing, and that, you know, just other people really enjoy it as well. It makes that part of it easier. Um, I'm still learning and trying to figure out how to balance it all. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. Some days I'm just really, really tired. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> well, you travel all over. I mean, within reason. Yes. Like, uh, but you're based out of Riverside, yes. as we were mentioning. What do you love about Riverside? I like that it's a smaller town and you can get from point A to point B really easily. Um, I work up in Iowa City, so it's kind of nice to what would now, I guess, for me be considered the big city, like leave Iowa City and just come back. And I hit our gravel road and I kind of just have that feeling of like, okay, just take a deep breath and you're back home. And I can walk out my back door and I see a century farm behind me and as far as you can see is fields. And so I find it very peaceful out here. And so being as busy as I am, that's the best way to come home. Um, And I just, I love small towns. I love what they have to offer and the buildings that are in these small towns. There's so much history there. And I just, yeah, it's just a great place to live. I love it. 
Well, what's next for you and Barnstorm Coffee? So I think as I move into the 2020 season, there's some really fun things coming up because like you were saying is as the business has grown and word of mouth has gotten out, I've gotten some opportunities that are coming that are bigger events. Um, Little Lights, they're doing a Galentine's Day Fine. that I'm so excited for. Um, and that's, uh, I think, going to be a really good one because the venue is just amazingly beautiful. Um, I'm actually going to be over in the Quad Cities doing some stuff at Living Vintage Iowa, and that's a new venue as well. So I think it's just continuing to do the pop-ups. And then um, my focus, I think, for this year, too, is going to be the bigger markets, like the Good Makers markets and things along those lines, because um, it's just a nice way to have a lot of business in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and then just keep working at coffee and getting better with coffee. And I have dubbed the new van Rosie. And so figuring out how to get Rosie road ready and how to logistically put everything in there. But, um, yeah, just continue to grow and support my fellow entrepreneurs. And, yeah, just be creative. You're such an encouragement. <laughs> I love it. Well, how do we follow along and keep up with where you're going to be? So a lot of times, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, it's on Instagram. That's where I tend to hang out. So you can follow me at Barnstorm Coffee on Instagram, and I will usually post a couple weeks out where I'm going to be. I'm trying to get better about, like, putting things a little farther out so people know. Um, and then I also have a Facebook page at the same Barnstorm Coffee. Um, so you can find me those two places. But, yeah, if you're interested in having coffee in your location at your store or you've got an event coming up, they can find me that way or call me. Um, I'm usually pretty easy to get a hold of, although I will tell you now I am out through, I'm actually out all the way through this year with bookings. So I have some stuff that's left open, but not a lot. So if you want to have me in your neck of the woods, you, you better hop on it. Well, congratulations. <laughs> that is amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Lynn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been great. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And I am glad that our world's connected through this as well. It's been great watching your journey too. Thank you. And thank you for being an avid listener. That means so much to me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, Lynn has such a fun business, and I love how she's collaborating with other small local businesses and helping them on their journey, as well as building her own business. If you're in the Midwest, you'll definitely want to check out her schedule and get yourself some Barnstorm coffee this year. Also, whether you live rural or not, we'd love for you to take a minute to fill out our Live Rural survey to help us gain some important insights. Go to ruralrevival.co slash survey and then please share the link with your friends so we can get this in front of as many people as possible. Huge thanks to Lynn for being on the podcast and thanks to you for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.